Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome into episode six of Laker Sports Talk, the most talked about Laker sports podcast east of Los Angeles and a production of Laker Country 104.9 WJRS right here in beautiful Russell County, Kentucky. I'm your host, Zach Oaks, the news director here at Laker Country. We've been in fall sports mode for a while, and as we're nearing the end of fall sports, winter sports will begin practice over the next couple weeks. So today we're talking Russell County basketball, as basketball practices are allowed to begin this week per KHSAA. I'll be joined by Russell County High School Lady Laker basketball coach Brett Blankenship to talk about the upcoming season for Lady Laker basketball. Brett and I talk about the returning players, losing two 1,000-point scores from last year's squad, the middle school team that's showing a lot of potential, and how he's grown in his time as the head coach of the Lady Lakers. Sean Hammond will also join me to talk about Kentucky's win over LSU on Saturday, Kentucky versus Georgia in the biggest game of the weekend, Louisville's tough loss on Saturday, can Scott Satterfield reach a bowl game, Western Kentucky's quarterback is one of the best in the country, and Lindsey Wilson looks to continue their winning ways against Georgetown this weekend. And we'll also name this week's Laker Sports Talk Athlete of the Week. But first, it's time for shout-outs. First shout-out goes to the Russell County Middle School Girls Basketball Team. This seems to be a weekly thing, but this middle school team continues to impress and put up scores that you just don't see very often. The middle school teams win against Campbellsville this week, and the 8th grade team won by a score of 42-14. Not to be outdone, the 7th graders came away with a 51-2 win. Coming off a 66-3 win last week, the 7th graders only allowed two points against the Eagles. Who knows, maybe a shutout's on the horizon. It wouldn't be a terribly surprising thing with this group. Coach Regenhelm's squad continues to put up incredible performances, especially defensively. The middle school Lakers begin postseason play this week, so best of luck to the Lady Lakers. Second, we wish the best of luck to the Lady Laker volleyball team, who's set to begin district tournament play next week. Finalized dates for the district tournament haven't been set, but the tournament will be at Clinton County this year, and the Lady Lakers are the number two seed and will play Metcalf County with the winner advancing to the fourth region tournament in Russellville. We wish best of luck to the volleyball team. Third, best of luck to the Russell County Marching Band. The band is preparing for state competition coming up this month and will be performing at the George Rogers Clark Invitational this Saturday. Good luck to the Laker Band. And next, the middle school football team came away with a 6-0 win over Metcalf County in the homecoming game. The middle school team has shown a lot of improvement over the season, so we give a shout-out to RCMS football and Coach Bryce Bailey. And finally, best of luck to the Laker football team coming off a of bye week. The Lakers will host Elizabethtown as they enter the final stretch of the season. Come out and support the Lakers this Friday. That's all for the shout-outs, so it's time to hear from Brett and talk about Lady Laker basketball. Let's get after it. All right, now I'm really happy to be joined by Lady Laker basketball coach Brett Blankenship on the podcast today. Brett, how are you doing? I'm great, Zach. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed listening to this podcast so far. I think it's a great thing for our community uh, and for Laker sports, so I'm really happy to be here. Well, Brett, uh, you know, uh, basketball is coming up on us. I mean, we've been we've been in fall sports mode for a while, but basketball's right up on the horizon. The official first practice day is uh, this Friday, and uh, then you know, going into the next few weeks, it's you know, going full steam ahead. What's uh, what's it looking like for your girls this year? Uh, well, right now, uh, you know, I'm pretty uh, limited on the number of girls that I have because uh, I have a lot that play volleyball. Um, and then so I'll have some middle schoolers that are going to be coming up and, and helping us out. But I think just looking at it right now, I think I have four out of our four or five out of our top seven that are not with me right now and are not going to be with me when we start. So that's always a challenge at the first of the season. But, you know, I, I, I'm fine with people playing other sports and all that. I think it's great to play other sports. I was a multi-sport athlete, so... Um, but, you know, we'll get started. We're not going to start officially on the 15th. We're going to get started on the 18th, and we always have the first two days are tryout days, and it's open for anybody. Um, 
and then you know you never know somebody may come out that, that wants to try out and you give them a chance but after that gets going we'll get started and really it, it's really going to be challenging this year because i only have i'm only going to have unless somebody tries out and makes the team i'll probably only have five people practicing to begin with i've got two out with knee injuries right now um and you know so it's going to be a little tough at the beginning but we'll just come in and do skills and work on things and then uh hopefully you know i want volleyball to have success and our middle school programs having success so i want them to continue that but it'll be nice to have a gym full again yeah and you know you and i were kind of talking a little bit uh just before we got on here about uh the middle school team and uh you know they've had a lot of success this season reagan's uh, got that group firing on all cylinders um, that's got to be exciting when you look at the future prospects of Lady Laker basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's exciting and it's it's a breath of fresh air, you know, I, because we, we've had some great players come through this program and, you know, we just lost two great ones last year. Um, and, you know, our high school girls are getting better day by day and I know they're going to continue to improve. But, you know, you just look down at that middle school group and it, it's not really about – one or two that are really good as they're all it's a collective group you know you've got eight or nine girls especially on the seventh grade team that all can play you know so you just look at that and that's very rare to have that so you just look at that and you know you can't help but be excited and coach reagan she's done an excellent job uh she helps me out so much and she knows what I want done and she she does it you know at the middle school level and I'll come in and watch practices and I don't have to say anything I might jump in every once in a while and she may ask me a question but I said hey I just tell her I say here here's the keys you know to the car you know what I want done so you you do it I'm not gonna step on your toes because she does a great job and so does coach uh, Troy Coffey and uh, Christian Naylor, our sixth grade coach, our sixth grade team's had some success too. So I really appreciate them and their hard work. Yeah, it makes it, e- it makes the job easier for you, especially when uh, you know that these girls are getting uh, a lot of the skill development and a lot of fundamentals. They're getting those at the you know sixth grade middle school level. Um, you know, you, it makes it easier for you because then they've got those skills already pretty well honed in and then you can get into the more advanced stuff as you as they get up into the varsity levels right oh yeah it, it makes a huge difference when when they get started earlier and just learn the basic fundamentals because that's you know that's what i'm all about in this program is being fundamentally sound and just learning the game i mean you know basketball is a tough game there's a lot of different things that you have to do and people just don't realize how much goes into it and you know to get girls started early on that stuff it, it makes a huge difference yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked a minute ago just about, uh, you know, some great players who came through the program, and you, and you lost two of those last season with uh, Julia Balt and Star Markham, uh, two girls that were pretty much your go-to players last year, uh, two leading scorers, and uh, did a lot for you on the court. What, how's it going to be trying to replace those? Well, I you know, I said it last year. It, you're not going to replace those two. I mean, just everything that they did, you know, but I, I do think, you know, I think this year is going to be a challenge, and I'm really excited for the challenge because I do think it's going to be a little challenging at first. Uh, you know, going into last year and even the year before that, I knew what we had and what we could, we were capable of. Right now, you know, we had a lot of girls that got better over the summer, and we played a lot of great teams. I don't think what we did over the summer is going to reflect what we're going to do this season because we had limited practice time and. You know, I want kids to enjoy the summer. I'm not just going to hammer them on basketball all summer. But we played some good teams. But, you know, 
you can't replace those two, but we've got some pieces, I think, that we can put together. We're going to play differently. You know, most of the time things break down or whatever. You get the ball to Julia or Star and they go make something happen. I think this year as a group we're going to have to really rely on sharing the ball. You know, we've always done that, but I think really this year we're going to have to move the ball, uh, set a lot of screens, get people open, play inside a little more than what we have because we've got some good post players. It's just the, the one challenge we're going to have is at the guard position because, we you know, you lost a, a girl that started point guard for three or four years. Uh, so that that's going to be one of the challenges. I do think uh, I've got Jateria Coffey. Uh, she's a sophomore. She's going to play some guard. Mallory Ferguson will play some. Um, I've got a few pieces that can come in and help us. But, you know, the thing with this program it, – it's always, and since Coach Pippen started it, it always was when one person graduated, then the next one was like a freshman, you know, and then the success just continued on. You know, you, it started with Leanne Grider, and then right behind her was Kaylee Coffey, and then right behind Kaylee was Julia. We don't really have that right now. It's at the middle school. It's just not up with us yet to follow Julia, but it's going to get going, and they're going to get better, and I'm going to have to rely on some middle school players maybe to play varsity. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, you talked about uh, returning players, especially in the front court. I mean, you look at, like, Hannah and Malia, and then Sophie played inside some, too. You've got – you do have some experience in that part, so that's going to be uh, – it sounds like that's going to be like a key focal point of the team this year is, is being able to get points inside. Yeah, we – I mean, we do still have three returning starters, you know, and probably Rachel Bowling, who's probably a fourth. Now, Rachel did tear her knee in the first game of the district last year, but – She's putting in the work right now. We've been in the weight room, and she's running and, and lifting and, and just really coming along great. I think she's ahead of schedule on her recovery. Hannah hurt her knee over the summer um, and dislocated it, but she's she's getting back into shape, and she did have COVID, so that kind of set her back a little bit. Um, but we got Malia Preston coming back who, you know, really made a big jump last year. And I think you're going to, you know, I, I think she's one of those players who could really take a step up because she is athletic and long. I mean, it's not every day you have a six foot one post player and she's getting stronger and more mature. And then, you know, that I've got five juniors. I mentioned Mallory Ferguson. I've got Rachel Webb, who's another post player, but she can play out on the floor too. And then Kenzie Kelsey, who's also 5'10", 5'11". Hannah's 5'10", 5'11". Rachel Bolin, she uh, right now is probably 5'10 or 11. She was, came with us as a seventh grader and was like probably 5'6", and she's grown. And, you know, she's almost a post player now. So, uh, But we do have that inside presence. It's just, you know, can we get ourselves in situations to get them the ball and score, you know, when, when we get in those spots. Yeah, and you mentioned you know you mentioned even some of those middle school girls might uh, be able to you know see some time on the varsity floor. Um, having those, having that as an option has to be good. Just even if they are in reserve roles, just being able to come in and maybe spell your starters for a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's going to be a few. I mean, Jeterius Coffee's sister and I, she played a lot of minutes this summer on varsity, and she she was our leading scorer a couple games. Uh, and I, I didn't I should have I should have mentioned this but I didn't. We do have one great senior I wanna mention. That's Sophie Shear. I think she's probably the only senior in about every sport. I think she does have a couple other ones in softball, but you can't say enough about Sophie. I mean she's a great leader and I know her presence around these younger girls is only gonna help because she's just a great leader, shot the ball real well this summer, so I'm looking forward to big things from her too. 
Yeah, Sophie's probably one of the more experienced players she probably got uh, coming back this year. And you know, she played. Oh, she played. I know she played as a sophomore, and then got a lot of playing time as a junior. So that's got to be valuable having that uh, level of experience coming back too. Yeah, I mean, and she, you know, she's she's gonna have to be our leader. And I, you know, I'm waiting for some of these juniors to step up and be leaders too. Hopefully, they will. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for them just to click and the light bulb come on for some of them because I I know it's there, but you know we'll just have to see when, whenever it gets started. Um, you know, with practice getting ready to get underway, um, what are you looking at? What, what's what's the goal for the season? Well, I mean, our goal is always you know win the district tournament. You know, last year we didn't accomplish that goal, and you know just had a bad night that night when we played Metcalf County. They've got a great team, and they're they're going to have good pieces coming back, but. You know, the goal is to win the district because um, it's not ours right now. You know, we're not defending champions. It's only, what, the, maybe the second time in 10 years that we didn't win the district. So hopefully that's leaving a bad taste in their mouth because it's bothered me ever since that night that it happened. So, uh, you know, that's the goal and just to make it to the regional tournament. And then, you know, once you get there, you never know what's going to happen. So I'm just looking for improvement every day. And like I told you a minute ago, it's – it's going to be there's going to be some challenging times this year but i am so excited because it, it just I, I just get excited about coaching and seeing you know we can go from this to this throughout the year and that that's what i'm really looking you know forward to you know brett how many years have you been a coach of the lady laker program uh this will be my third year uh, i started yeah, uh, yeah. This is the third. This will be my third team. But I helped with Coach Pippen for two years before that, so I was kind of familiar with a lot of these girls before it happened. But yeah, that's that's been my time with the girls. Um, what's the what's the growth process been like for you as a coach? What's that been like over the last three years? Just going from you know a first time head coach to uh, you know now you're in your third year. You can sound like a seasoned veteran now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. And I, I've coached since I was 21. I got involved with the boys' program and, and did a lot with that. And, you know, I, being a head coach, it's just so much different than, than people even imagine. And it's not – and I knew it was going to hit me like a ton of bricks that first year, and it did. It's not so much the coaching on the floor. It's all the all the ins and outs outside of the gym, you know, that you have to deal with. And, you know, and you're with girls too. And, you know, I – I didn't know how it was going to be coaching girls, but I, I tell you, I've had the time of my life coaching girls. I, it's been so fun, but there's things that you might have to deal with that you never thought imaginable that you'd have to deal with with girls. But, you know, it just makes it that much more interesting. But I've grown as a coach. You know, I there's things that I probably did two years ago that I've, you know, learned from, you know, mistakes, things like that. So you just learn as you go. Um, for those uh, for those who aren't as familiar with the Lady Laker program, uh, talk a little bit about uh, the staff you have. Uh, my staff is uh, Reagan Helm. She, uh, of course, is middle school, and she normally coaches our JV. We're going to have a freshman team this year. She'll probably be coaching that. Uh, and then also Mike Scott. He's been with me since I started. And, you know, I can't speak enough about those two. They are always there to, to lend a hand. And, you know, I always tell them I don't want to – take away I'm not trying to take away from from their strengths if they have something you know in mind that they would like to see done and just tell me you know I'm not going to be a a big time dictator I'm going to kind of put some things on to them too and you know we all kind of collectively have been around different coaches so we just kind of put it all together and work together and I think we all mesh really well 
you know, I want to go back to something we uh, kind of touched on earlier. Um, you know, we talked about Julia, and you know, she's point guard for for multiple years within the Russell County program, and now she's moved on to Lindsey Wilson. Um, what, what's it like to be able to keep up with uh, players like her who've moved on and they're uh, playing in the collegiate ranks now? Oh, it's great. I mean, when she committed to Lindsey, I told her I was going to be the biggest Blue Raider fan. Of course, I graduated from there too, so. Uh, you know, it's awesome to see her over there, and I think she's having a real good time. And they've just started practice, and I got to go watch her uh, Friday. And uh, she, she was in a JV tournament and, and got to go up there and watch, and she played really well. And, you know, it was it was just like going watching the old Julie. I just wish I could have been out there coaching her still. But she's having a blast over there, and I'm, I'm happy for her. Uh, Brett, I mean, as the season uh, gets, gets close, um why don't you give a little message to uh, the Laker Nation out there encouraging them to come out and uh, watch the Lady Lakers this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, you never have to say those things because our community is so great with basketball and especially with girls' basketball. And, you know, it's ama- I think our community has really rallied around our girls' program a lot. And, you know, I'll be honest, girls' basketball, it may not be the prettiest to watch all the time, but I think, you know, we normally put a good product out on the floor and we're going to work hard for our community uh, and our fans. And, you know, I just enjoy – hopefully this year we'll get to have more people in the stands. You know, uh, hopefully that will happen. But I just encourage everybody to come out and watch. Uh, hopefully we get to have some sort of meet the lake or not this year because we didn't get to have it last year uh, so they can see the girls early. But, man, I, you know, community support is awesome, and I'm just, I'll am just i just be glad to see everybody in the stands. Yeah, I mean, we're lo- I'm looking forward to that too. Hopefully, you know, last year we did have some limited capacity, and um, so far that's really not in place right now. And hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully we're able to keep that and uh, we'll be able to get the stands full. I know last year there were some multiple games, you know, overtime, double overtime, some of the most, you know, exciting high school games I've witnessed. I think back to that, uh, I believe it was Monroe County that went double or triple overtime. I think it was triple, yeah. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was back and forth. Julia almost hit a shot from half court of the buzzer. Yeah. And it was, uh, I, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's high school sports. It's not always the prettiest thing. Mm-hmm. It's not always the most established product. But there's few things like it in terms of just the emotion and the um, just the pageantry around it and the uh, excitement and knowing just you know that these kids that these kids are having the time of their life playing the game they love. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. Let's uh, hopefully we can pack Laker Gym this year. Well, I can tell you, there's uh, you know I, I talked about girls basketball. You know, I I never even watched girls basketball. You know, when I was coaching boys, but now I have a love for it. I mean, I watch the Olympics, the girls' basketball in there. I mean, girls can play basketball. And, you know, like you said, to some of our games, I, I've not had any more exciting games coaching boys than I have girls. We've had some great games over my three years. You know, I go back and watch them to this day. So hopefully we can have more of those this year and be on the winning side. Well, there we go. That's it. Brett, uh, best of luck to you this season, and we'll be looking forward to following along the Lady Lake. All right, now it's time to talk a little college football. Sean Hammond's joining me today. Sean, how are you, buddy? Doing good, Zach. Doing good. How are you? I am doing well. Sean, Kentucky, 6-0. and Who'd have thought it? We're still here. We're undefeated. We're one of only like 10 teams in the country that are undefeated. What a time. First time since 1950. I was not even thought of then. Matter of fact, neither were my parents. <laughs> <laughs> my parents weren't even thought of at the time. <laughs> What, what a time to be a Kentucky football fan. You know, 
Sitting through the years, I can think of Vanderbilt defeating Kentucky 40-0 to zero with four people in the stands back in uh, 2012. And looking at where the program is now, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Kentucky is literally in the biggest game in, in the country this Saturday. Oh, by far the biggest game, and it's not even close. It's the CBS game of the week. It's college game day. SEC Nation's going to be there. It's it's the biggest game in the country by far, not even close to anybody else. Yes, it's going to be – we'll, we'll look at that here in just a moment, but it's going to be number 11, Kentucky, versus number one, Georgia. Probably, I've said it all year, the best team in the country. Yeah, you've been you you've been hyping up Georgia, and I've been a little apprehensive about putting them number one. But now, after last week, I, I don't think there's any doubt Georgia's the best team in the country. And you know, I think they I think they've proven it now. Yeah. Uh, they've they've taken care of business with everybody that's come in front of them. Their defense is <laughs> elite. They're they're only allowing like five points a game. They've only allowed like two offensive touchdowns all year. This defense is scary good, mm-hmm. and the offense does enough to. Get to win ball games, and that's really about all you can ask for. Let's reflect, though. What a weekend! What a weekend it was. First of all, got to give a big shout out to our boss here at the radio station, uh, Mr. Bucket Hoover himself. He uh, invited you and I, Zach, to go and tailgate with him on Saturday for the LSU game. We, I think we got up there at like 2 o'clock Eastern time, and the game was like five hours away. So we were pretty tired after the game. But, you know, I'd never tailgated before, Zach. And I have to say, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun seeing all the people. It, what a what a crazy atmosphere. Uh, people everywhere. A lot of LSU fans, too. In yeah, Lexington. I've got to give LSU fans credit. And, you know, really, really cool people. You know, but they travel really well. Yeah, there was a guy, but there was a guy that was out behind our tailgate wearing an Odell Beckham jersey. I was like, <laughs> they probably want him back now. <laughs> oh yeah, well there, there was somebody on the other side of the tent where we were. They were uh, fixing up jambalaya. Yeah, what what a time! And uh, no, just a lot of people, a lot of excitement. There was a buzz in the air, and oh, yeah, um, you know, and, and then it all came to fruition. You know, that night when Kentucky came out and literally just dominated LSU from the start. Yes. Um, I was nervous because even though, I mean, LSU is not what they were, but you got to remember, they're not even a full two years away from a national championship. And if you look at all the talent on LSU's roster, they've got a lot of talent. So I was thinking, I, I thought we could win, but I thought it would be something similar to Florida, like 20 to 13, 17 to 10. Zach Kentucky just absolutely demolished them. It was, it was really the score... It's kind of misleading. If it ended up being forty-two to twenty-one, I think it's safe to say if you really look at it, it was thirty-five to seven. LSU got a couple of little cheap touchdowns to make it thirty-five uh, twenty-one, and then Kentucky just ran it right down their throat and went down and scored a touchdown to make it forty-two. Um, whoever thought Kentucky would dominate LSU physically? Yeah, just came in and punched him in the mouth from the get-go and, uh, you know, established the run game early, got some good offense going, took a 14-0 lead into halftime, and then, you know, like I said, it was 35-7, to and then Kentucky just kind of went into more of a kind of a what I call a comfort defense, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, let's get out there, let's not do anything stupid, let's not get ourselves hurt, and then, you know, LSU hit a couple bombs, and they're capable of doing that. Yeah, they've got a really good receiver, Butte. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, and actually, and he actually got hurt on Saturday, and I think I read he's out for the season, which is going to that, hurt. That's, that's bad, because LSU's got a really tough schedule coming he, up. Yeah, and he was, and he's very talented. But they, but they I mean, 
And we were even talking, you know, the receivers, some of the plays they were making early on, you oh, know, yeah. some mean, diving they, catches they, and stuff like that. Playmakers, and I thought their quarterback actually played pretty decent. But, uh, you know, Kentucky just came out and was more physical. They dominated the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that's, that's you know, been a hallmark of what Mark Stoops has done. He's, I didn't, I didn't ever think that Kentucky would have a team or uh, consistently have teams that, you know, held their own or won at the line of scrimmage against the big boys of the SEC, yes, the LSUs usually, and teams like that. Usually when Kentucky would get a win against a, a big team in, in the SEC, it was like a, a gimmicky, you know, yeah. or some kind of crazy game just where Kentucky threw it all over the field. Uh, kind of like what happened in 07 when LSU was number one. Not not this time. Kentucky was more physical. And he, I, I go back to when Mark Stoops first arrived at Kentucky – the one thing he said in his press conference is he wants to be physical, and Kentucky out physical to LSU, a team that is known for its physicality. Yeah, they just lined up, and they just lined up across from each other, and Kentucky said, "All right, I'm better than you," and, yeah. and ran them over. Yeah, and, and you knew what was coming. You knew they were going to give the ball to Rodriguez or Smoke, and LSU knew it was coming too. It didn't matter. I mean, and we're talking about huge hoes. There were chunks of twenty yard gains. I mean, the the running lanes that those guys had were really good, and I think Will Levis probably played his best game yet. Oh yeah, Will Levis. I mean, I mean, five total touchdowns on the day, um, three through the air, two on the ground. Um, him opening up on the running game uh, was, you know, that that opens up a lot for your offense because that may that makes running for Rodriguez and Smoke a lot easier too because now the defense has to account that Levis might keep it on that RPO. Mm-hmm. And also, it also helps. Uh, it it can help for the passing game because if he establishes the run, somebody has to stay back and be a spy on the quarterback. I think I thought the def I thought or the offense, the offense just clicked. That was the best game the offense has played. All year long, I think. It, I, I think honestly, I think it's one of the best all-around performances Kentucky's put up in some time against a quality opponent. Yeah, uh, between offense, defense, and special teams, I think they just. I think they just put it all together. It was yeah. the, they played perfectly. There was no turnovers. A clean game. You, you LSU picked up some yards, but you kind of expected that, and that's kind of what we've done all year. We've allowed teams to get yards, but when it comes down to it, we. You know, we limit the scoring, and so yeah, Florida had more yards than Kentucky, but something that's always kind of been true with Stoops is his defense is kind of a bend, but they do not break. Yeah, and I think that's kind of I think that's been something too that Brad Watts really seems like he's implemented this year, especially. Um, you know, they they gave up some yards, but uh, they made really key plays whenever LSU was getting into Kentucky territory. They made big stops when they had to. Came up big on fourth down a couple yeah. times. LSU's first drive uh, that th- they got the ball first, and Kentucky got a strip sack. Yeah, uh, creating turnovers. I think I I thought overall, just uh, in all three phases of the game, Kentucky really uh, really put it together. So that sets you up for. This next Saturday in Georgia. And, and Stu, this is what Mark Stoops and the, the program has wanted. They said if you want to play in the big games, you have to take care of business. Well, here they are. They're on the biggest stage that Kentucky has been ever. Uh, it, it, it's hard to imagine, man, because the implications of this game, I mean, listen, I'm not going in, I'm not going in expecting a win no. in this game. Georgia, no. Georgia is really good. And, I mean, if you had to pick a national – if you had to pick who would win a national championship today, I'm picking Georgia. Yeah. So and I don't and I don't think it's super close. Alabama's second to me, but you know I think Georgia I think Georgia's above them now, and so I'm not going in saying oh Kentucky's going to go into Athens and win, but anything can happen. 
Zach, if they can somehow win, I want people to realize this. If if Kentucky can win, they can be in the playoff. If if they win, they're a top five team in the country. Yeah, they're in, they will literally be in control of their own destiny. They will be the leader of the pack in the SEC. Yeah, not the SEC East. The SEC. The SEC as a whole. And so, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't peg that as the most likely thing to happen. Well, and I think it's important to realize, you know, Kentucky's got nothing to lose, and that's dangerous for Georgia because Georgia's got everything to lose. And I think it's important for fans. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to just be relaxed and enjoy the, the moment. I know I'm going to be stressed out during the game. But even if Kentucky loses, they, they still should win out. It, it, that's on the table, and uh, they'll probably be – favored in pretty much the rest of their schedule i don't know we'll have to see kind of what tennessee does or uh see how what mississippi state looks like in a couple weeks i don't know how that i don't know how those lines will come out but kentucky will be a favorite pretty much the rest of the way 11 and 1 is on the table 11 and 1 is on the table i think 10 and 2 is is likely and 9 and 3 i think is your basement now yeah you if if, anything under 9 i think is a disappointment barring injuries yeah barring something crazy happening then you have to adjust your expectations but based off where we've came to now i think 9 and 3 is your basement now I i don't think you should be any worse than that and i mean I would, I mean, I would be a little sad if we finished nine and three at this point. But again, it's nine and three, and how often does that? There even were years happen? where we begged for six wins. Yeah, uh, and you know that there, there, there's a scenario I think where Kentucky can win. My thing is, if Georgia scores twenty, now you're at fourteen, but I think if Georgia scores twenty, Kentucky can't win. I think for Kentucky to win, it has to be like. 10 to 7, 10 3, maybe 9 to 6, as boring as that would sound. Um, I think about LSU versus Alabama 10 years ago, I believe it was. That was a 9 to 6 game. I think that is a scenario where Kentucky can win. You can't let Georgia get to 20 because Georgia will shut you down, shut your offense down. They've done it to everybody. I think Georgia's got to score less than 14. <laughs> I mean, they've allowed two offensive touchdowns all year, and one of them was in garbage time. Yeah. Uh, Auburn's the only team to score on their first team defense. So, I mean, if that's the case, I think you got to keep them under 14. So maybe you catch Georgia on like a 14 to 13 or something, and you get a you get a weird touchdown. You get a you know like a blocked field goal or a or a punt return or a, a yeah a fumble recovery, a pick six, something kind of weird. And then you know maybe you get a you get a Chris Rodriguez touchdown or something, and you win 14 to 13 or 14 to 10 or something. I, I can see that, but I think you have to keep Georgia under 14. Kentucky cannot make mistakes. Because if you turn the ball over against Georgia, they will make you pay. Georgia is not the most explosive offense. They have just enough. But another positive is, I think, other than Clemson, this is the best defense Georgia will face the rest of the year. Probably the best team Georgia will face, barring whatever happens in the SEC championship. Yeah, like I said, um, Freddie Maggard put it out on Twitter, and I think it's really, I think it's really true. Georgia's the best team Kentucky's faced, and Kentucky and Kentucky's the best team Georgia's faced. Yeah, and so. I, we'll see what happens. I don't know, but it's going to be fun. Uh, I, For Kentucky fans out there, just enjoy the moment because, I mean, the, the the spotlight's on Kentucky. The big thing for me is let's not get blown out. Just don't get blown no, out. No 66-3 to like it was at Alabama yeah. last year. But just just avoid that, and that's that's about all you can ask for. And, and then. I don't think that will happen. I think this, no. this team is different. 
there's going to be some physicality on both sides. Kentucky will get physical with Georgia. Th- that's just ha- I mean that that's going to happen. Yeah, they'll, the they'll bring is, the fight to them. The thing is, though, I think who's going to blink first? I think that is what it's going to come down to. There's not going to be a lot of points in this game. I say that I said uh, there wouldn't be a lot of points in this last game, and Kentucky tacks on 42. So who knows? But I really don't think. <laughs> I, whatever the over under is, go under. Yeah, I, I think I think you take the under on this game. A couple of things, Zach. Before we move on, uh, I meant to tell the tell these earlier. Uh, you said Kentucky was six and zero for the first time since nineteen fifty. Listen to this: uh, they're bowl eligible for the sixth straight season, and six straight bowl appearances is a school record. Mark Stoops, man. When's the last time Build Alabama? Build him a statue. I mean, Alabama. This is like normal for Alabama. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I think Mark Stoops is the best coach Kentucky football's ever had. Build the statue. I understand. Pay, pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> build him the statue. I, I understand Bear Bryant was here, and Bear Bryant did good things here at Kentucky. But I think sometimes folks skew their opinion of him at Kentucky because of what he did in Alabama. I think Mark Stoops is the best to done in here because look at where Kentucky was when he got here—just an absolute, just trash. And Stoops' record uh, after two games in the 2016 season. His overall record was twelve and twenty six. Since that season, forty three and twenty four. Build the statue. That's all I, I, I know. agree. Build the statue. I don't know if there's an architect out there, but build him a statue. Name the field after him. Name the stadium after <laughs> him. Name, name Lexington after. Him. <laughs> Stoopsville. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he deserves it, man. He this is what he's always wanted, and he did it. He's done it. Sean, Louisville. They've not done it this they, year. They did not do Love it. Love you, th- Tony. They they did not do it this weekend. What a brutal, brutal loss to Virginia. Uh up thirty to thirteen in the fourth quarter. And they lost. And they lost thirty four to thirty three. I don't what a collapse. Yeah. Just a that, collapse. Last week they got screwed. This week they just let it go. Yeah, and, and to me they needed that win. Well, you know, me and you looked at the looked at the ACC, which again, the ACC is just awful. And even if Louisville wasn't very good, they should have a pretty decent record. Maybe they're just not good at all because I think Virginia is mediocre at best. Yeah, Louisville's three and three now, and I think they really needed that win because they're getting ready to go into their toughest three game stretch of their schedule. Toughest. <laughs> yes, uh, you know it's it's all relative here, but <laughs> they got a bye week this week, and so that's going to give them some time to regroup. But you know they're heading into a three game stretch with Boston College, NC State, and Clemson. They might now, lose all of those. They very well could. And if they lose all of those, you're going to make it really hard to get to a bowl. Because then you're three and six, and then you have to be bowl eligible. You would have to beat Syracuse, Duke, and Kentucky. Now I think they can beat Syracuse. I think they can beat Duke. And that gives that sends them into that last game against Kentucky at five and six, with bowl eligibility depending on that win. Kentucky was there a few years ago with the pa- uh, Patrick Toast team. They had to beat Louisville to get to bowl eligibility, and Louisville beat them. So uh, that's a, that's a hard thing to put on that team to go into that rivalry game with bowl eligibility on the line. Now, if you win that, if you beat Virginia, you, you I think your path to a bowl is a lot easier. I think it gets a lot tougher now. Because I think I think Boston College is decent. I think NC State is pretty good, maybe. Yeah, they, I, they beat Clemson, which Clemson's not that good this year. But I also look at that Clemson game, and you know Clemson can't score on anybody. But not a lot of teams score on Clemson. So They're, Clemson has a championship defense. I, I, I mean, their defense is solid, and so 
I don't know. Uh, and and Louisville's defense has shown a lot of holes, and maybe that's maybe that's a point where Clemson's offense finally gains some rhythm. Uh, and Louisville, I, I think their fans are. The, the fans are not in a really good place because I, I heard this morning that the attendance at uh, Cardinal Stadium for this uh, past Saturday's game was like the lowest in over a decade. I believe that's what I heard. It was, it was really low. And I've talked to some Louisville fans, and they're kind of iffy on Scott Satterfield. I think Scott Satterfield's getting into danger zone, man. If they go 5-7 and seven this if year. If they don't make a bow, I don't know how you bring him back. I mean, you may, I mean maybe he gets one more year after that, but – I think he's got to get to a bowl, and you lose that game against Virginia, a game where you were up thirty to thirteen uh, at home. Yeah, at home, that's just deflating. And I, now you wonder. I think the bye week comes at a great time. They because, need it because now you, you know you don't have to come back from that game and try to you know get your momentum back up and get amped up for another game after what was really a crushing defeat. So. I don't know, Scott Satterfield is going to have to do something. He's going to have to win at least one of those games. He, that Boston College, NC State, Clemson stretch, they're going to have to win one at least. Yeah, I think I think he has to get to a bow this year. He has to. I, because Louisville, look, I'm, I'm a Kentucky fan, but even I'll admit Louisville is a really good football program. They've won at really high levels. They You can win at Louisville. And I don't think there's any reason at all they should be this bad. No, and and especially like we were talking about with the you know the way the ACC is. Oh, know. if Kentucky was in the ACC, I would peg us to win it. I mean, I mean, Louisville theoretically, I think in, in that conference should be an eight-win team. Yeah, uh, and that 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 I think it's probably gone now. Oh, I, I think there's no chance of it now, uh, unless uh, unless something crazy happens. No, I mean, they've they, got playmakers. They, yeah, they they've got playmakers, especially on offense. They've got guys who can make plays. Cunningham, I think, has improved a lot this year. Yeah, he, he's a really good quarterback. He, he has to be more consistent, but he is he's he, a solid quarterback. I think he's he's played well over the last few weeks. I think he's finally starting to get some. I think he's finally starting to show some consistency. And uh, you know, they've got some playmakers at receiver. I. I don't know. That's just, that's just not a good three game stretch coming up for them, if you ask me. And you know, they're going. To, Scott's going to have to pull one out of those. He's he going to have to pull at least one. Western put on a shootout against UTSA on Saturday, and talked to our good friend Nick Shear on Sunday. He was a little disappointed with the with the game, and I don't blame him. It was a it was a shootout. Western's offense came out to play again. Um, but they fell just short against a really good UTSA team that's six and zero. Yeah, kind of a, a sneaky team. Nobody's really talked about that. That's a University of Texas at San Antonio. They're a good team, and, and Western, I believe. Uh, what are they, Zach? One and four now. One and four, but man, I think they're better than that. The defense is got a lot of issues, but man, their offense and and, and our we, we can talk about him every week. But our boy Bailey Zappi. If some people may think I'm crazy, but if he was at a bigger school. I totally think he would be a Heisman candidate. Or if Western's record was better, look, this guy, and he's not doing it against you know little teams. He's put up these big numbers, these crazy numbers against the likes of Michigan State and Indiana. Yeah, he, I mean, I mean, in a couple games against Big Ten opponents, he's he's not had a drop in production. And I mean, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, and he's right down the road in Bowling Green. I mean, on Saturday, five hundred twenty-three yards and five touchdowns. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. I and. And that offense is clicking. They put up 670 yards of offense on them, but, man, the defense is is killing them. Yeah, if they had a decent defense, they might be undefeated right now. So they go – they they play Old Dominion this weekend. 
Uh, Old Dominion's, I think, one in four, one in five, something like that. Um, not, but not quite the same level of competition that they've played like yeah. Western has. So I think they get the first conference win this weekend, and then I don't know, man. When you have an offense like that, they can put up points in bunches. You can go on a roll at any time, and I think I, I think Western's getting I think Western's hitting that point in the schedule where I think they're getting ready to go on a roll. They're they're one in four, but I still think they're going to go to a bowl. You need six wins. There's five wins there. I, I think so. I think that I think they can get there, and uh, you know, I it wouldn't it wouldn't totally surprise me if they won out from here. It, it Barring an injury, I mean, Bailey Zappi is like. I mean, he's he's amazing. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, he's ninety miles away. <laughs> I mean, he slings the ball all over the field. Can can throw it just about anywhere. I and they've got some good receivers over there too. So, um, like I said, I you know they've played a really they've played a really difficult schedule, but I think things are getting ready to pick up for Western. Um, and I know our our friend Nick Shear, one of our faithful listeners, he's getting ready to uh, hope he's going to be happy over the next few weeks. <laughs> And then finally, uh, we'll touch on Lindsey Wilson, my alma mater. Got to give a shout-out to them. 47-0 shutout win over Thomas Moore over the weekend. 5-0, and number one in the country. Big one this weekend. Big one this weekend against number eight, Georgetown. Uh, this is probably maybe their second biggest regular season game. They played number four team in the country earlier this season, 134-2. Um, this is probably their second biggest game of the season. This is a conference opponent, too. Georgetown's in the same conference. Uh, Georgetown's a tough team. They lost a close one this past weekend. Still number eight in the country, though. So, uh, tough game for them. It's going to be in Columbia at, I think, at 1 o'clock on Saturday. If you don't have anything to do, you might go check that out. Um, number one in the country, first number eight. That's going to be a bit, big game. Big NAI game of the week. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's game of the week, but I'm calling it my game of the week. Lindsey wins. Lindsey's going to win another national championship, we're, I believe. We're, we're big Blue Raider fans here. <laughs> uh, Sean, upset picks. I was 0 for 2. <laughs> I am now 1 for 3. I did get one. I said uh, Boise State was going to defeat BYU. And they did. That was a good and pick. I picked Nebraska to beat uh, Michigan. That almost happened so close, but Nebraska let it go. They're, they're, Nebraska's due for a big win. That one came down to the wire, and Jim Harbaugh got a lucky escape out of that one. <laughs> he, he needed it, too. <laughs> and then I had uh, I had Virginia Tech over Notre Dame, which went down to the wire as well. That was close. close. And then, for some reason, I thought South Carolina was going to do something, and uh, they got mauled. So uh, what's up with Tennessee right now? They are going crazy. Ten, yeah, Tennessee. Something's weird about them. I thought about picking Tennessee and seeing if the curse would just stick with them. Because <laughs> I, for some reason, I've had I've had bad luck. To upsets. My upset picks seem to get uh, seem to get really derailed. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, this week, Sean, I'm going Indiana over Michigan State. That's a big one. Um, Michigan State's number ten in the country. They're undefeated, but I'm not a believer in them yet. Um, I'm not a believer in the Spartans. They're going to have to show me something else. They're going to have to show me that they can beat quality competition. I mean, they've not – you look at their schedule, they've not really beat anybody. You know, they're 6-0 and with wins over Miami, who's terrible, and I think they beat Rutgers, and it's like it's like they haven't played anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, show, show me you can beat somebody. They go on the road to Bloomington, four-and-a-half-point favorite, I think Indiana comes out on top. Indiana's coming off a bye week. They've had a week to prepare. Indiana can put up points. I think Indiana's coming home with a win. My first upset pick, and I guess it's a a big one just because of the names, although this team is not very good this year. 
Uh, Friday night, I'm picking Syracuse to defeat Clemson. It's at Syracuse. Clemson, uh, sometimes it looks like Clemson cannot score three points. So I think that the Orange, I think they're going to defeat Clemson. I know, uh, again, Clemson's not very good this year, so it's uh, – let me see what the uh, the line is for that game. I know a lot of folks are going to just say, oh, that's Clemson, so it, they must win. I think the last I saw Clemson was a 14-point favorite. Yes, there are two touchdown favorites. That would be a pretty big upset in terms of the line. But I don't know, man. Clemson, Clemson's been terrible. And, I, and Syracuse, you know, they nearly beat Wake Forest last week. It took overtime. So I think Syracuse is going to win that game. Yeah. In my other one, I'm going to go to the SEC. Uh, Auburn didn't – Auburn put up a touchdown on Georgia, though, man. Good job, <laughs> that's Auburn. About, that's about all you can ask for. Proud of them. you. So, I'm going to go uh, – Auburn's going to go on the road to Arkansas and come out with a victory over the Razorbacks. Razorbacks are 17th in the country and a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Auburn, though. That's a tough one because Arkansas, you know, they were undefeated. This That would be three straight losses in a row. Yeah, we watched Arkansas and Ole Miss uh, Saturday. What a game. What a crazy game. And credit to Sam Pittman. You know, they scored a touchdown with no time left, and they could have kicked the uh, extra point to tie it and go to overtime. He said, no, let's go for two and let's go for the win. They didn't get it, but I appreciate the courage and the uh, the gall to do that. That was our Lakers Sports Talk gutsy call of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by your name here. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to sponsor give, it, give me a call. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> My other upset pick is uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Utah to defeat Arizona State. That is uh, That's going to be at Utah, and I think, I just think they're going to win. I think Utah, they're not the best team, but they're solid this year. You know, they're, they're sitting at 3-3. Uh, three and three. It's uh, This Saturday, it's a good old 9 o'clock Central game, so, you know, a good good time to stay up all night and watch Arizona State and Utah. Weird things happen late at night. Yes, they do, especially <laughs> out there in the Pac-12. So, I think Arizona State goes down this week. You got any others, Sean? I'm I'm good on my two. You got any others? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Do you want to talk about UMass and UConn, the game of the week? <laughs> what a game! I don't think it had. I don't think it was broadcast anywhere. You we know, saw I, the highlights from the <laughs> from the University of Massachusetts YouTube page. Here's how great the highlights were. There was no. You know how you watch ESPN or CBS? There's a little scoreboard at the bottom. This didn't have that. I'm pretty sure it was shot on a cell phone. Maybe a Motorola Razor, if I had to guess. We saw the guy running around. With the, I think he had an iPhone, but it might have been like an iPhone 5. He was running around. <laughs> trying. It, what, what a weird thing. What a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, ESPN Plus, you can find like, sometimes, I watched Russell County 12U softball on ESPN Plus, but poor old UConn and UMass, they were not on there. It was a battle of the winless teams. UMass wins, and they storm the field like they just beat Alabama. <laughs> and now UConn will look for their first win in one of my worst games of the week. I agree. It's another, yeah. Once again, UConn, UConn takes the... Uh, uh, the lovely mantle yes. of pride. <laughs> <laughs> Yale versus UConn. I'm taking Yale. <sighs> Poor UConn. I didn't even. I didn't know Yale had a football program. Uh, they're FCS, and they seem to actually be pretty decent. They're two and two, um, so I'm I'm going to take Yale because UConn has to win a game before I pick them against anybody. <laughs> uh, is UConn the worst team in the FBS? It, it has to be what between UConn, uh, Vandy, and Kansas. Well, I mean, Vandy beat UConn, so they're yeah, they did. <laughs> so Vandy's above UConn. I think Kansas may have a win. I think can, yeah, Kansas. I think has a win. Uh, UConn, 
I don't know. I don't know who they could be. I mean, UConn may ought to be playing in the KHSAA. I don't know. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Russell County might be able to defeat UConn. I, I, I would. I would take Ryan Richardson's club over UConn. <laughs> it's going to be a fun week, though, Zach. There's not a lot of big, big games out there, but you know, there's going to be an upset somewhere, and who knows? Maybe that upset will be Kentucky over Georgia. Maybe I didn't. I. I I'm not ready to pick that upset yet, but that's the one I'm hoping for. There's gonna, it's gonna be a fun weekend. Best time of year, man. Best, Best time, time of, of year. year. It's a lot of good college football on TV. We love talking about it. Hope you all enjoy this. And uh, one more thing, you want to know how far Kentucky football's come along? Big Blue Madness is on Friday. I've not thought anything about it. Yeah, me either. Big Blue Madness, Blue White Scrimmage, both coming up. Hadn't really even thought about them. And Kentucky basketball is going to be good this year, but nobody, yeah. nobody's thinking about that. We'll have to transition this segment into college basketball talk <laughs> at some point. I don't know. Well, ho- hopefully it's better than nine wins for the basketball <laughs> team this year. We'll talk about that later <laughs> on. John, thanks for joining me, and uh, we're looking forward to this weekend. Thank you, Zach. Go Cats. <laughs> Thanks again to Brett for joining the show this week and talking about the Lady Laker basketball program. We're looking forward to hopefully having more fans in the gym this season and seeing this team grow and improve. And thanks again to Sean for joining me for our weekly college sports segment. We had a great time picking up sets and talking about all the football going on in the bluegrass. Now it's time to reveal our Laker Sports Talk Athlete of the Week. This week's standout athlete is our first middle school athlete to achieve this honor. Addie Abril is a 6th grader but plays on the 7th and 8th grade teams and has drawn high praise from her coaches. This week in the Lady Lakers' dominant wins over Camelsville, Abril led both the 7th and 8th grade teams in scoring with 17 points in the 7th grade game and 19 in the 8th grade game. Congratulations to Addie on being named this week's Laker Sports Talk Athlete of the Week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Laker Sports Talk. If you have questions or comments for the show, shoot me an email at Zach, Z-A-C, at LakerCountry.com or reach out on Twitter at LakerSportsPod. And remember, we'd love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search Laker Sports Talk wherever you get your podcasts. The podcast now has its own feed, so you can subscribe there, and we would love it if you would leave us a review. Until next time, God bless and go Lakers. <laughs>